in today's show. We look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire with a week and a half to go. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Wave a wire. Let's take a look at what's going on on the wire, what we can do for the rest of this week. And then, God forbid, uh, we'll, we'll tackle next week if your league goes there next week. But we'll look at the moves that are happening. We'll update on some news as well. Wani. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at the most added players. And just quickly, actually, before we talk about that, you would have seen, hopefully, the news that, as expected, Christian Wood, Eric Gordon, and Dennis Schroeder are all out for the rest of the season. Their soreness has become too difficult to manage. So, of course, assuming Alperen Sengun is healthy, it's going to be big numbers coming. That We talked at, at length for months and months and months, saying, yeah, he is going to have value when Wood is either traded or is hurt. And here we are. He's hurt. Hurt. So, Sengun's a great ad. Garrison Matthews will start, most likely. He's not someone I'm interested in. Josh Christopher is. I'm very interested in looking at Joshua Christopher. I'd prioritize behind Shangun. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I just want to get that out of the way now. Let's look at the most added players across fantasy basketball. Number one is the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon. Teo is getting a good run here, obviously, with Shea out, with Giddy out, with Dort out, with Baisley out, and with maybe Trey Mann out. He is going to have issues where he shoots 30% from the field. He's going to shoot 32. He's going to shoot 22. He might have some good scoring nights, but the the volume and the usage is going to be there for Maladon. And it's one of those reasons why one of my preferred strategies in drafts is to punt field goal percentage because players like this come up all the time. Chucked into huge volume situations where you know it's going to hurt you in that category, but you get everything else. So you don't worry about the field goal percentage. So Maladon fits that. Brandon Williams in Portland, another one of those guys who fits into that situation. Davion Mitchell, even though he's shooting better, can be one of those players who fits into that. So Maladon is a guy that I don't, you don't think you can really leave on the waiver wire. Yes, the Thunder may not have the greatest schedule, but I do think that he is going to be um, a solid enough option to be, to be here for us um, and be used. Look, they don't have any quality games. They play Wednesday, which you know may be too late for you this podcast, and they have Friday and Sunday. I think you use him Friday. I think you probably use him Sunday. There's enough value in that. The next most added player, amazingly, is Daniel Tice. And I absolutely don't agree with that one. Your last game from Tice w- was good. No one denies that. It was really good. Robert Williams is out for the rest of the regular season. Again, an indisputable fact. But 
Last game, there was no Al Horford, Jason Tatum, or Jalen Brown. I don't think the results of that game or the rotation in that game for Boston has any bearing on what happens moving forward. He played 41 minutes twice. He had 13 and 10 with a steal and two blocks. It's good. It's not mind-blowing. He's not playing 41 a night. I honestly think there's no chance that he starts. It's either going to be Grant Williams or Derek White. He might play 22 minutes a night, but the same bullshit schedule that Maladon's got on the high-volume days... As a backup, I, I don't get it. I just don't. I think that's chasing what already happened. Isaiah Roby, absolutely. Yeah, look, he's been a must roster a couple of times already, but in this latest iteration of Roby, probably the last week, he's been a, a guy to grab, and, and that's you know, really common sense stuff. Kevin Herter, he's been on the fringes really all season, but with Gallinari out, Collins out, Hunter maybe out, it does boost Herter's reliability and consistency. So yeah, he is a pretty strong option. We got the news today that um, Evan Mobley is going to miss at least the next three games. That leaves him with potentially just one this week. He is a drop. Drop Evan Mobley. The question is, is who's the ad? Right, Kevin Love is your priority. A little bit more goes to Levert. Um, you'll get some minutes for Moses Brown. I don't think it's enough to make a difference. We'll talk about him later on. But then you got Isaac Okoro, who's been added in a lot of spots. And Okoro, it's not like he's been lacking for minutes. Right, he's playing 30 a night anyway. Just not as a good fantasy player. And I'm not sure he's got the ability to really ramp stuff up. Not that Mobley was, Mobley was a high usage guy anyway. There's a distinct possibility that moving Kevin Love into the starting lineup actually hurts Okoro. Because his minutes will be the same, but his usage will drop in those minutes that he shares with Love. So, I get it. The volume of games makes him interesting with four of them. But do you actually play him Wednesday or Sunday? I, I doubt it. I'm not sure about that one. I am sure about Pokyshevsky. Much like Maladon, the schedule's bad, but he's good enough to actually be in your active roster. So I like adding Alexei Pokyshevsky. The dart. Gogo Badadze. Problem with my Gogomobile. Gogomobile. No, not the dart. Just not one dart. of a trio of massive centers here who are putting up big numbers. The problem with Badadze is, is it every bloody game, he's listed as questionable. So you always have that panic of, what if he doesn't play? What if he doesn't play? Which is an annoying feeling. There's, there's no question about that. Three more games. Shit schedule. Bad days. But he's a top 50 player. There's no back-to-backs at least, so the risk of him sitting seems lessened. But it, it is a concern for sure. I, I would add him, but I'd be worried. Drew Eubanks, yeah, somehow he's still one of the most added players on Yahoo. I don't know how he hasn't been grabbed everywhere. But obviously, he needs to be grabbed everywhere, irrespective of schedule, irrespective of anything. There is absolutely no excuse for Drew Eubanks being on your waiver wire. Don't expect him to repeat what he did on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Monday. I don't, I don't actually know. Monday it was. Um, but yeah, his teammate, Brandon Williams, you're going to have that issue with field goal percentage, sometimes free throw percentage with him as well, but the volume, the points, the assists. He's overtaken Chris Dunn again. So there's value in him. And then lastly, the big fella, Isaiah Hartenstein. Can we just come out and say that he's a better player than Ivica Zubats most nights? Do I trust Ty Lue to play him more minutes than him most nights? Not quite. But he's done it for like four or five in a row. We're getting great production. This is a top 60 player over the last two weeks, Hartenstein. Imagine if he played 30 minutes. Like That's a legit third-round fantasy player if he played 30 minutes. This is not going to happen. But this is the upside this bloke does bring. And it is risky because Lou could play him 12 minutes. 
And Lou has done that, despite overwhelming evidence that he shouldn't. He's done it plenty of times this season. But Hartenstein's been so good. And you at least get a low-volume game from him on Thursday. So that's a great opportunity to get some real value in with big Isaiah. Uh, there. Guys, NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. Connect with a passionate community of NBA fans across the globe and build your collection with your favorite moments from NBA history. NBA Top Shot is the future of what being an NBA fan looks like. It's part trading card, part stock market, part fantasy sports with a built-in loyalty program as well. They've got a 24-7 peer-to-peer marketplace that lets you scroll through all of your favorite players and teams. It's evolved trading cards NBA Top Shot has and made it easier to buy, sell, and trade by removing the hassle of card grading, shoe boxes, and binders. Now, you hear people say, why would I bother? Getting a highlight, we're not going to watch it off YouTube. Well, it's not about just watching the highlight. It's about having ownership in the stock market of the NBA's greatest moments. So if you sign up for Top Shot today, the best way to start is getting yourself a starter pack. You could get a moment of LeBron or KD or Cade, Evan Mobley perhaps, just nine bucks a pack. So head over to lockedon.nbatopshot.com to start building your collection today. Let's look at some droppable players. Let's start with the Crucifix. That's a pretty obvious one. Christian Wood done for the season. I don't know that he remains in Houston next year. That's not really for me to talk about at this point. I don't know. If I was them, I'd be moving on from him pretty quickly. But he's done. See you later. Paul George is back in LA. So Terrence Mann is a drop. So he's a mere coffee. And I wouldn't trust what Luke Kennard did yesterday, as I said in yesterday's show. People dropping Alex Caruso. And I'm not sure I get behind that. But the basic reason of you added Caruso for assists and steals. Surely that's why you added him. He's played two games this week. He's had assists and steals. He has two more quality games coming and he'll probably still get you assists and steals. So if you actually added him because of the schedule and because of assists and steals, I don't know why you drop him. I know he's not scoring points. It's not really the point though. So I would definitely be hanging on. Just that schedule gives that boost. Punch Bob, Bobby Portis. Brook Lopez has killed him. See you later, Bob. I know Bob, as a backup last year, was really great. I think he shot 47% from three, which, again, if you're relying upon someone to do that, you're going to have a really bad time. And Portis is struggling, and he can see you later. Remember, this guy was DMP'd in the playoffs. Shea Gildas-Alexander still appearing on the most dropped players list. I don't know why it's taken people this long, but see you later, Shea. Also dropping Spencer Dinwiddie. I said he didn't look right. I said something's off these last couple of games for him. He's actually out today, resting on a back-to-back, and he has not rested back-to-backs recently. That has to be a bit of a concern. I'm not saying there's anything nefarious or he's re-injured his knee or anything like that. There's nothing to say there. But the fact that he like he played in back-to-backs, and now he sits a back-to-back where the two games preceding it, he was way off. He just wasn't himself. Makes me think there's something that's a little bit worrying there. I don't think I would drop Dinwiddie. I, I don't think I would have. But I get that the two games prior were bad. And now he's sitting Wednesday. And then you've got him playing Friday, Sunday. And he if he's not in your best 10, see ya. What's the point of holding on? No point holding, if that's the case. Evan Mobley, yes, drop him, obviously. Chris Boucher, he is... Yeah, we know it's up and down. Miss a couple of starters, he'll play 30 minutes. They play, he plays 14. They're all healthy. Bye-bye, Chris. He'll have an occasional pop-off game. Not enough to hold him. And I don't think you can really hold Josh the Hitman Hart. He is out for at least the next week with, I don't know, soreness, I guess, knee soreness. 
is he actually going to play? I highly, highly doubt it. But for the rest of this week, it doesn't matter because he's out. He's not playing. So you can drop him. You can drop Dustin Winslow as well there in Portland. Let's look at the rest of the week, not including Wednesday. Also not including Friday because there are 10 games on. Now, look to your roster. You might have a situation where you do have the ability to add someone who plays on Friday. Most leagues will not because there are 10 games on, but some will. All right, so you need to look at that yourself. I am judging it based on how the majority will see this and the value of picking up guys that play both Thursday and Saturday. That's where the real value lies. So you can see the list of names up here. So Hawks players, they've got that double-double. Double-double that. You know, fake back-to-back combo. Anyeka Okongwu. It's not high upside, but good field goals, good rebounds, good blocks. He can bring it. The Nets have it. So Goran Dragic. Nicky Claxton, who has taken over from LaMarcus Aldridge, apparently. Now, Steve Nash can dick us around at any time and throw Aldridge in there or bloody get Blake Griffin back or throw some other bullshit. Let's play James Johnson 48 minutes or something. He can do weird stuff all the time. Right, so don't be surprised if this one just blows up in your face. But Claxo at the moment is the backup center, and there's some value in getting the back-to-backs there for him. You've got um, DeLon Wright, that if one of these guys is out, like if your Hunter's out again with Gallinari, Wright will start, he'll play 30, he might get three steals. And he can do that over two games. The Sixers have the two on the Thursday, Saturday, so Georgie Niang, you want threes, you might get six triples from him in two games. You'll probably get nothing else, but you might get those six triples. Kobe White, good bull schedule. Again, Dasunmu, maybe. Then you go really scraping the bottom of the barrel with Javante Green or Patrick Williams or those blokes. But, you know, Caruso and White, yeah. Okoro, you've got games left. A lot of them, four of them. Two of them are on high volumes, Wednesday and Sunday. But you get at least two qualities out of it, Thursday, Saturday, from Okoro. And there is something there. Same with Lamar Stevens. Again, you're in deeper leagues. Maybe you do consider the C part of Moses Brown. Especially if you need blocks. He might block four shots in those two games. I don't know if he's going to play 20 minutes, but he might He might be all right. Look, look, Shake Milton as well in Philadelphia, although he's been you know, a little all over the place with his minutes. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Of course, if the Sixers rest Harden or Embiid, then Shake fires up, and you can even look at Ferky from Turkey and have a look at his value in at least one of those games as a streamer. And then you've got Paddy Williams, who again, he's been shithouse, but the minutes... Hopefully, they pushed and keep it 22-23. The two games um, has value there for him as well. Bet online. College basketball. We're getting down. We're getting right down to business. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four. And they will determine this year's national champion this coming week. Did Magic Johnson write this? BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it. Yeah, I will name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all leagues this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So let's have a look. What odds do they have at BetOnline about the college basketball Final Four? Me, knowing nothing about where college basketball sits and which teams are going to win. Who have they got listed down here? All right, so we have got... What are these games? All right. Villanova, North Carolina. I feel like these games are just completely wrong. How have they set these? Anyway, betonline.net. 
I'm completely flabbergasted by what I'm trying to read here because I don't even know what the matchups are. But, you know, if you want to go over there to betonline.net and uh, you can get your action going. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. It's been a long season. All right, let's go on to some other names that are worth us considering here. Talked about him already. Moses Brown. Maybe. Maybe with Mobley out. I honestly don't think they want to roll 25 minutes of Moses Brown out there, but maybe. There's no Jared Allen as well. Keon Johnson is a name to look at. He's getting a lot of minutes in Portland. Sometimes there'll be some shit shooting nights for sure, but he can get some steals. He's assisting a little bit. He's showing some flashes of stuff. Joshy Christopher I spoke about already. Just hopefully they pump 30 minutes into him and we get some big, big games, I reckon. I reckon he's absolutely an option to look at. And then Shengun's a must for us, so I don't have any concern with that. But if Shengun is out, don't completely discount Usman Garuba. Maybe it's Bruno Fernandez. God, I hope it isn't. But maybe it's Bruno, but I think it's going to be Garuba. He might play 25. He might have two blocks, two steals. Might have 10 boards. He might have two points, but he might have those other things as well. Malik Monk, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis on Thursday. So Monk's a great option there. Love that. He's been playing all right. Killian Hayes, I think he's a must-roster player. Minutes are up, steals are up, assists are there, rebounds are well, going well, scoring is good. Why not? Ben McLemore, if you need points and threes, hardly a better option out there. In Washington, we go to Denny Avdia. Kuzma's out. I don't expect him to play again, but I don't know. And Avdia has been pretty impressive, I think, most of the time. And Peyton Pritchard, if you're looking for threes, at high efficiency, in low minutes, not that you care about the low minutes, but Pritchard's given it. And if they do have to push Derek White into the starting lineup, there's a larger role for Pritchard coming off the bench. So just a name to consider, especially when you're looking at those points and threes categories. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.